God always answers your prayers. Every one of your prayers has been answered by God. And he answers them one of three ways. Either yes, no, or wait. And when God answers yes, it's wonderful. In fact, sometimes God answers before we even ask. That's even more wonderful. It's the no and the wait that are difficult. And sometimes it's hard to tell whether it is no or it is wait. You know what I'm talking about. You've been praying for a baby month after month after month after month and still not pregnant. Is it no or wait? You've been praying for a spouse maybe for years and nobody's in sight. Is it no or is it wait? Maybe you've been praying for healing for someone or for yourself and you're still suffering with the symptoms. Is it no or is it wait? Or how about praying for a family member or a friend to be saved? Some of you have been praying for years and years and years, decades maybe. Is it no or is it wait? Well, I think the Bible makes it clear that unless God clearly says no, we must assume his answer is wait or not yet. And we must be persistent in prayer. God often requires persistent prayer. Paul Harvey, who's a radio host, tells a story of a three-year-old boy who went to the grocery store with his mother. And before they get into the store, mom said to little Johnny, now I'm warning you, don't ask for any chocolate chip cookies. Johnny looked at her blankly. She put him in the seat. They raced around the aisles, and pretty soon they found themselves in the cookie aisle. And before Johnny knew it, he saw those chocolate chip cookies. He pointed, he said, Mom, can I have some chocolate chip cookies? She said, no, I told you, don't even ask me. Well, they went around the aisles as you do, and they ended up back in the chocolate chip cookie aisle again. Johnny saw those chocolate chip cookies, and he couldn't help himself. Mommy, please, can I have some chocolate chip cookies? No, that's enough. Stop. Well, they went into the lineup, the teller lineup there, and Johnny realized it was his last opportunity. So in desperation, he stood up on the seat, and in a loud voice, he said, in the name of Jesus, would someone give me chocolate chip cookies? Well, all the people around started laughing. Some started cheering. And those generous people took up an offering. And they, Johnny and his mom left the store with 23 boxes of chocolate chip cookies. God often requires persistent asking. And Jesus tells a story about this in Luke chapter 11. The title of this message is, When God Says Wait. The Reasons for Persistent Prayer. Luke 11 verse 1. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he'd finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. So Jesus said to them, When you pray... Say, Father, 
hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our debts. For we ourselves forgive everyone who's indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation. And Jesus said to them, Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer him from within, saying, Don't bother me. The door is shut. My children are in bed with me. I can't give up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he's his friend, Yet because of his impudence. If you have the New American Standard Bible, it would say because of his persistence. If you have the King James Version, it will say because of his importunity. He will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek And you will find, knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be opened. For what father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? If he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Let's pray. Father, we're so grateful that we get to fellowship around Your Word. And we thank You for these powerful, profound, mysterious transforming truths about prayer. And we welcome you this morning, Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, we welcome your angels to minister to the heirs of salvation. Holy Spirit, we're asking you to take the veil and pull it back and let our eyes see what you see and what's really going on. And Lord, we ask today that by your, the power of your spirit, you will equip us and enable us to pray with persistence in your mighty name. Amen. The first thing this passage tells us is that Jesus lived a life of prayer. Verse 1 says, Now Jesus was praying in a certain place. Jesus was always praying. Right in the beginning of his ministry, in Luke chapter 3, verse 21, he was being baptized by John the Baptist, and the scripture says, when he came out of the water, as he was praying, the heavens were opened, the Holy Spirit descended on him, and a voice from heaven spoke out right at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. He's praying. And then the gospel of Luke just takes us through Jesus' life. Luke 5, he would go to a desolate place and pray. He would go up the mountain to pray. He would pray all night. He was praying in a certain place. Jesus told a parable and said, you always ought to pray and not lose heart. And then Jesus made a profound statement. He said, my house shall be called a house 
of prayer. Jesus was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, and the Bible says, and then in agony, he prayed with even more earnestness. He told his disciples to pray. And finally, at the end of Jesus' life, we see him hanging on a cross. And what's he doing? He's praying. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And Hebrews 7 says, Right now, Jesus ever lives to make intercession for us. Someone has said, Jesus' life was just going from one prayer meeting to another and working miracles in between. Jesus lived a life of prayer. Why? Why did Jesus need to pray? He was sinless. He was the Son of God as well as the Son of Man. He was perfect. Why did he need to pray? Jesus gave us an example of kingdom living. A life of prayer. Even though Jesus was perfect, he still needed communion with his heavenly father and he needed his heavenly father's help. You see, God has ordained prayer. It's just the way it works. It's a mystery. We don't fully understand it, but we know that he listens when we talk And when we ask him to do what he's asked us to do, things happen. Prayer is a partnership. God won't do it without us, and we can't do it without him. Then Jesus went on and he taught on prayer. Verse 1 says, when he finished praying, one of his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. Do you know Jesus' disciples never asked him to teach them Anything, not healing, not miracles, not evangelism, not casting out demons, not how to preach. The only record we have of Jesus' disciples ever asking him to teach them something was about prayer. And I think the reason is because Jesus' disciples saw how powerful Jesus' prayer life was and that everything Jesus ever did somehow came out of this life of prayer. Jesus begins by teaching on prayer. He said, when you pray. Jesus is saying prayer is not optional. Not if you pray. When you pray. Jesus presumed his followers were pray because Prayer is our lifeline to God. It's the oxygen in our relationship with the Almighty. Every breath of prayer is communion with the living God. Prayer is how we cultivate intimacy and friendship with God. F.B. Meyer said the greatest tragedy in life is not unanswered prayer. It's unoffered prayer. Well, Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray, and then he quickly goes on to talking about persistence in prayer. And he tells this story. He tells the story of the persistent friend. He says, which of you, if he has a friend, and you would go to that friend at the worst hour? I mean, Jesus is exaggerating. (laughs) He's exaggerating to make his point. He's saying, if you had a good friend and you went to him at midnight, obviously you had an emergency at midnight, and you pounded on his door and asked for three loaves of bread, even if he wouldn't get up because you were his friend, 
even if he wouldn't get up because it was midnight and emergency, he goes to verse 8 and he says this, yet because of his persistence, because of his impudence, because of his importunity, you might want to underline that word because it's a key to understanding this whole thing of persistent prayer. Because of his persistence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. This word persistence or impudence or importunity is a Greek word which means without your eyes cast down. It means to be shameless. It's only used one time in the New Testament. Here in this passage. The only time Jesus ever talks about being shameless, it's regarding prayer. In fact, the NIV translation translates it most accurately. It says, with shameless audacity. Jesus is saying, when you ask God, Don't come with your cap in your hand. Don't come with your eyes down. Don't come mumbling your prayer. Be shameless. Be audacious. Be like Johnny. In the name of Jesus, will somebody give me chocolate chip cookies? That's audacity. And Jesus is urging us as followers of him and as children of his heavenly father, he's urging us, look, be shameless in your asking. Don't ever be embarrassed. Don't ever be, hold back when it comes to asking. And then Jesus goes on and he reinforces this shamelessness in asking. He says, ask. And that word means not just to ask once, it means Keep on asking. It's a continuous verb. Continually ask and you will receive. Seek and keep on seeking. Don't just seek once. And knock and keep on knocking. And don't quit knocking. Keep knocking and you will have it opened to you. In fact... Jesus tells a second parable about this in Luke 18, just a few chapters later. You might remember it. It's the parable of the persistent widow who wouldn't give up. She kept asking for justice, asking for justice. And Jesus says, the reason I told that parable is so that you always ought to pray and never lose Heart, never faint, never give up, never get weary, get, never get exhausted, never be utterly spiritless, and never quit. Twenty times in the New Testament, the Bible says to ask, 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 ask. Now maybe you're thinking, well, I don't want to bother God. I mean, it must be a problem if you have billions of people asking, asking, asking. Well, if you think you're bothering God, you don't understand the God of the Bible. This is his business. If you're God, this is what you do. You give and give and give and give. God is never 
ever bothered by your voice. You can come to him every hour, every minute of the day and night. If you're a follower of Christ, he lives in you. In fact, Romans 8 tells us, the spirit of God in us teaches us to pray. He prays for our help and he helps us to pray. He never, ever gets tired of your voice. And he had a wonderful, wonderful answer to this persistent prayer this year. We just had it last week. If you've been following our finances for uh, not, uh, 2016, you'll know that we were behind quite a bit in our budget. And by the time we reached December, we were almost a full month behind. So in December, we were praying in $145,000. And normally, we'd be praying in $78,000. But we kept asking and asking. And it was a great offering in, in December. It was bigger than normal. We were over budget. by, But by the last week, in fact, by the last day, of December, we were still $62,500 less than our budget. Now, those numbers might not mean anything to you, but for those of us that are tracking those numbers, that was a lot. One day, a few hours to pray in $62,500. So we had our prayer summit, December 31st, the last day of the year, and we prayed about that. We tried to be as shameless and audacious as we possibly could be, but to be honest, I thought, this is impossible. But we're going to ask anyway. We've been, we've been told to ask, so we asked, we prayed that night. We were $62,500 behind with just a few hours, because when midnight comes, you can't give any more money for 2016. It goes into 2017. Anyway, the next morning was Sunday morning. Elizabeth, who counts the money and does our finances, she came first thing before the service started, and she had this look. She said, do you want to know how much came in? I thought, Elizabeth looks excited. It must be, must be good news to some degree. So she, I said, yeah, we'd like to know. She said, $52,500 came in in the last week of December. That's a miracle. That's unprecedented. That means for the month of December, $135,000 came in. That's the biggest offering of any month of all of Gateway's history. And, and... You folks gave, on top of that, $280,000 this year for the building expansion. That's amazing. Now, you might be sitting there figuring out, say, hey, you're still $10,000 short. What are you rejoicing about? I'm rejoicing because that $52,500 was an absolute miracle. And it came in answer to persistent prayer, even weak prayer, even unbelieving prayer. But we asked and God answered. It was profound. Now, the story isn't over. 
I just had someone come to me in the previous service, and they said, Pastor, I have to confess something. I had a $5,000 check I was supposed to put in last year, and I didn't do it. I was convicted. I put it in this morning. I thought, wow, that's half the $10,000. And it's not over. There could be a check in the mail. There could be other things coming in. Maybe some of you, maybe God's convicting you right now and saying, (laughs) I was that other $5,000. It just encouraged me. I thought, God, you heard our prayer from the very beginning. And you gave us a wonderful answer. Why does Jesus teach us to be persevering in prayer? Why do we have to be persistent? I mean, why do we have to repeat our requests over and over and over again with shameless audacity? Are we wearing God down? Are we trying to convince God of something? Why doesn't God just answer our prayers right away? Especially in light of Luke 18 and Luke 11, where Jesus says that God is eager to answer our prayers. Why? Why do we have to wait? Let me give you five reasons God delays answering our prayers. Five reasons God requires persistent prayer. The first one is this. It might not be the right time. God sometimes delays the timing. God sometimes delays things because the timing is not right. Revelation 5 and verse 8 has a beautiful picture of heaven and the mystery of prayer. It says this, When the angel had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each holding a harp and gold bowls, golden bowls, full of incense which are the prayers of the saints. What an amazing picture. Somehow, when we pray, however feebly, our prayers rise like incense into heaven. You may think my prayers just hit the ceiling. That's what it feels like to me. No, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says they go through the ceiling. They ascend into heaven and they fill these bowls that God has. And when those bowls get full, God answers the prayers. It's a mystery. It's the mystery of prayer. God has a sovereign timing and a perfect timing for all things. And he stirs his people to pray for that timing. And this picture in Revelation is, is a beautiful picture, a mysterious picture, the persistent prayers of the saints collected in heaven's bowls as part of fulfilling and answering God's perfect timing. You may be familiar with a Titration experiments in science. Anyone know what a titration experiment is? Very good. There's six or seven of us. Well, for those of you who don't, it's grade nine or ten science. And what a titration was is I I remember vividly in grade nine, our teacher uh, putting these uh, clear bowls with a 
clear, uh, a beaker with a clear solution, two clear solutions, and a pipette. And he said, now I want you to take the pipette of this solution here, fill it up, and I want you to drop it in the other solution, drop by drop by drop. I said, okay. So I filled the pipette up. Drop, 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 drop. Nothing's happening. I said, keep the drops coming. Drop, 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 drop. Nothing's happening. Keep the drops happening. Drop, drop. And then it happened. One final drop. Drop. The whole liquid changed. It became purple. It was clear. It became all purple. And I went, wow. And that is a picture of our prayers. You think your prayers aren't doing anything. Nothing, 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 nothing. Why do I even pray? Why do I even pray? Nothing, nothing, nothing. And then suddenly, God does something. Whether the bowls are filled up or the timing is right, suddenly God acts. We see this in, in Dad. Daniel chapter 9. Daniel perceives God's prophetic timing of 70 years for the restoration of Jerusalem has begun. And so he, be, he starts to pray. People have been praying for decades about the res restoration of Jerusalem. And Daniel sees it and he begins to pray, 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 pray. And boom, the exile happens. Sometimes God delays because the time is not right. But every prayer of faith is filed in heaven. Number two. The second reason God delays answering is maybe it's not the right provision. In Romans 12 verse 2, the scripture says, Don't be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's why reading and studying the word is so important. Because it transforms and renews our mind. So that you may be able to prove what the will of God is. And then Romans 12.2 says this. The will of God is good, acceptable, and perfect. You know, some of the, one of the reasons some people don't want to pray, they don't trust God is good. They don't trust what Jesus said, that he is a heavenly father. And if you're a father and you're evil and you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? Sometimes God delays because the provision he has in mind isn't on the scene yet. He has something better. Something good, acceptable, and perfect. When I was 24, I started to pray for a wife. And I was praying and praying and praying and praying for a wife. And nothing was happening. You know why nothing was happening? Because God's will for me was still in high school. <laughs> she was only 17. And, and she was just saved. And I'm thinking, God, why is this taking so long? My parents 
My dad's saying, well, son, it's about time you got married. Yeah, I know, Dad, I'm working on it. <laughs> Praying, but nothing's happening. Why isn't anything happening? Pray, 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 pray. It wasn't the right provision. I would have ended up with the wrong person. God had something better. And a couple of years later, the better came along. And it all worked out great. God's will is good, acceptable, and perfect, and it's worth waiting for. Mary and I were uh, moving house because we had her dad living with us a number of years ago, and, and it was either put him in a home or put him in our house, and we felt it was right to take him into our home. So we looked at renovating our house to build a suite for him, and that that, that never worked out. We looked at building a place. We looked at buying a place. We, we prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and looked and looked and looked and looked. And finally the summer came. We thought, man, we're worn out. So we went on holidays. We kept praying, but we just thought, God, what are you doing? It wasn't the right provision yet. God had something better for us. And when we came back from holidays, boom. Suddenly, all these divine appointments started happening. We bumped into people, and they were moving, and they had a suite, and did. And we ended up in 10 days, we ended up swapping houses with somebody. They took our house. We took their house. Nothing, 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 nothing. Suddenly, boom. Because it wasn't the right provision until God's timing was right. Number three reason God delays answering You might not have the right attitude. Romans 5 verse 3 and 4 says, Suffering produces perseverance. And perseverance produces character. And character produces hope. Sometimes God delays the answers because he wants to do a work in us. He wants us to mature. He wants us to grow up. God's more interested in your character than he is in your comfort. Because your character you're going to take into eternity. Babies and toddlers have no capacity to wait. They want what they want when they want it. That's why babies cry. And then when the baby gets a little used to crying and the crying's not doing it, then they can throw a fit. You know, some Christians are like that. They don't get what they want, when they want. God didn't do this, God didn't do that. I prayed once, I asked this for and God didn't do it. And then they have a fit and they throw everything out. Maybe God didn't want to answer your prayer. Maybe he wanted to mature you. Maybe he wanted to... To make you grow up. Maybe he wanted you to make you more like Jesus. That's what perseverance and persistence does. It produces character, faithfulness, steadfastness, patience. And it causes us to mature. God uses waiting to get at our attitudes and motives. And to help us grow and mature in Christ. And waiting tests us. James 1 says, Knowing that the testing of your faith produces character, steadfastness. Waiting tests our desires. Do we really want what we're asking for? If we give up after we've asked once, do we really want? It tests our priorities. What's important to us? 
And Jesus has a beautiful illustration of this in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 15. Also in Luke. In Matthew 15, he calls her the Canaanite woman. In Mark 7, he calls her the Syrophoenician woman. You remember the story. She has a daughter who's oppressed. And she sees Jesus and she understands somehow that Jesus can heal. And so she starts asking him to heal her daughter. Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus ignores her. She keeps crying out. She's tenacious. She's audacious. She's shameless. She keeps crying out, Jesus, son of God, have mercy on me. Jesus just keeps ignoring her. He's not even responding to her, not even looking in her direction. And finally, the disciples got so irritated, they said, Master, tell her to go away. She's bothering the meeting. She's upsetting everybody. Send her away. And then Jesus says this, after he ignores her, he rejects her. He says, well, I I, I only came for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. She's a Gentile. But she wouldn't give up. She kept crying out. And then, Jesus calls her a dog. He says, healing's the children's bread. It's not for dogs. Now, if Jesus ignored you, would you hang up the phone? If Jesus rejected you, would you hang up the phone? But if Jesus called you a dog, would you hang up the phone? And this lady just kept coming. And she says this, Lord, even the dogs under the table eat the crumbs. And Jesus went, yes! The whole time Jesus knew this woman had faith. He could hear it in her voice. And she was persistent. She wouldn't give up. Jesus was testing her. How much do you want this? How much is your desire? Oh, she wanted this bad. She kept coming at him. And I think Jesus was saying, come on, lady. Come on, lady. Come on, lady. I'm going to answer your prayer. And he did. He said, your daughter's been made well. What a beautiful illustration. Maybe sometimes our prayers are hindered because it's not the right attitude and Jesus is wanting to test us and and cause us to grow and see our character develop, become more like him. Number four, the fourth reason God delays answering is maybe it's not the right pursuit. When we want the answer to prayer, more than the author of prayer, we're in trouble. David, King David says in Psalm 27, verse 13, I believe I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Take courage. Wait for the Lord. This word wait is a a profound word. It comes from a root which means to bind together. Like twisting or entwining around. It means to wrap yourself around. When David says, wait for the Lord, he's not talking about passively letting time pass. He's talking about an an intentional, active adhering to the Lord. 
He's talking about wrapping yourself around the Lord, binding yourself to the Lord, entwining yourself with the Lord. And that's one of the blessings of persistent prayer. We're not just after the answer. We're after him. We're after the God who answers. Persevering prayer is not about repeating words to God. It's about reconnecting with God. Waiting in prayer is meant to keep us pursuing the author of prayer, not just the answer to prayer. We're saying, Jesus, I want you more. You are more satisfying than any answer to prayer. And even if you never answer my prayers, I want you, Lord. You're enough for me. That's one of the blessings of asking, asking, asking. Oh, I didn't get the answer. I'm done. I'm finished. God doesn't hear me. I'm not a good prayer. That never works for me. It's not just about the answers. It's about your relationship with him. And that's why listening prayer is so important. We can come to him. We can say, Lord, what are you saying to me in this? He'll fellowship with us. He'll aim us in the right direction. You say, I can't hear God. Oh, yes, you can hear God. You can hear God. You just don't have confidence you're hearing God. And that's why we have our Hearing God seminar. We'll teach you how to get confident at hearing the voice of God and hearing him in the scriptures as well as through other means. Well, what happens if you have the right time, the right provision, the right attitude, and the right pursuit, and your prayers still are not getting answered. What's going on? The fifth reason God delays answering is resistance. 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 18, the apostle Paul writes, we wanted to come to you again and again and again, but Satan hindered us. There's a beautiful picture in Daniel chapter 10 verse 12. The angel says to Daniel, fear not. We wanted to come to you. The first day we heard your prayers. The first day you set your heart on calling out to God. Your prayers were heard. They ascended to heaven. They came before the throne. And I have come because of your words. But the prince of the king of Persia resisted us for 21 days. Finally, Michael the archangel had to come and help Gabriel. And then Gabriel was able to break through with the message from God. Paul was hindered by demonic forces. Daniel's prayer was heard the minute he prayed, but the answer from God was resisted by demonic powers. Ephesians 6 says, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against unseen rulers, authorities, cosmic powers of evil. Spiritual forces of wickedness. They resist God answering prayers. In fact, there's a spiritual battle going on every single day. There's a spiritual battle going on in your life every single day. 
And only persistent prayer can overcome it. Bill Hybels tells a story. Bill Hybels is a pastor of a church in Chicago, Willow Creek. He tells a story after a baptismal service one Sunday. He bumped into a woman in the stairwell and she was weeping. He thought it was odd because the service was so joyful. So he said, are you okay? She said, no, I'm not. I'm really struggling. She said, my mom was baptized today. I prayed for her every day for almost 20 years. And the reason I'm crying is because I came this close to quitting. At the five-year mark, I said, who needs this? God isn't listening. At the 10-year mark, I said, why am I wasting my breath? Nothing's happening. At the 15-year mark, I said, this is absurd. And at the 19-year mark, I said, I'm just a fool. But somehow, I kept praying. I kept trying. Even though my faith was weak and feeble, I kept praying. And then she gave her life to Christ after almost 20 years. And she was baptized today. I came this close to quitting. Maybe that's how you feel. Maybe you've been praying for kids. Maybe it's not your mother. Maybe it's your children. Your adult children. Maybe it is your parents. Maybe it is relatives or a friend. And we pray and pray and pray and pray and we think this is nothing is happening. Oh yes it is. Your prayers are rising. They're never ever lost. Rising, rising up. And if the enemy can get us to quit, then it's over. But if we will persist, if we'll be impudent, we'll keep shamelessly, audaciously asking, feebly, even feebly, God will win the day. And God will make a way where there is no way. The greatest prayer you can ever pray is the prayer of salvation. That's the beginning to a life of prayer. Maybe there's never been a specific moment in your life where you've said yes to Jesus. Maybe you believe. You want to believe. You believe there's a God. Maybe you didn't grow up in church. Maybe you did. Maybe you've wandered away from God. But I'm going to give you an opportunity right now to say yes to Jesus. He's hearing your prayer. I'm going to pray a very simple prayer. I'm just going to ask Jesus to come into our lives, and I'm inviting you to join me and pray that prayer out loud. Even if you've already received Christ, I'm going to invite you to pray that prayer out loud because you understand how powerful it is. If you're here, you're listening on the internet, I want to guarantee something to you. Jesus will hear this prayer. Your life will begin to change. Your eyes will begin to see. Your heart will begin to experience love. Your mind will begin to experience peace. You will taste joy.
That's the beginning of a relationship with God, the God of the Bible. And then after we pray for those who have never prayed to receive Christ, I'm going to invite you to pray. What's Jesus saying to you about prayer? Is he speaking to you? Right at the beginning of this year, have you quit praying? Have you gotten discouraged or faint? Have you, have you quit? Have you given up your slot in the prayer furnace? Have you ever come to a prayer summit? What's Jesus saying to you about your prayer life? Is he talking to you and your spouse about praying together? Right at the beginning of this year, it's a great opportunity for us to say, Lord, I need your help. I can't do this. That's what the Holy Spirit's here to help us with. Let's all stand together. And let's pray this prayer of salvation. Just saying yes to Jesus. And if you want Jesus to come into your life or you want to get right with God, this is the beginning. This is opening the door. And I guarantee he'll hear you and respond to you. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you that you hear my prayers. Thank you for being the Son of God. Thank you for forgiving my sins. I open the door to my life to you this morning. Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord. Take control. Be my Savior. Fill me with your love. Fill me with your joy. Fill me with your peace. And give me the spirit of prayer. Amen. Now, if you prayed to receive Christ for the first time, we, we really want to meet you and pray for you. We want to give you some gifts, some resources to help you grow in your relationship with God because this is just the beginning. 